season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. to the JKR podcast today we have a very special episode as we continue our new podcast series featuring PBR Indiana's head scout Indiana baseball alumni Cooper Trickle welcome to Coop Scoop where we dig into Indiana high school baseball and what's next for the game in the Hoosier State beyond our regular discussion today we got special guest Mason Braun 2025 Virginia Tech commit coming on the show for a final segment for a quick interview between me and Cooper. Uh, but before we dig into that, let's dig into our regular discussion. Cooper, how are you doing today? Pumped to have you on the show again. I'm good, man. I'm good. We had a we had an event last night up in Crown Point. So it was a late one, um, but it was our last Rising Stars event of the year. So it's good now. It's kind of completely high school baseball time. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, oh, how are you? doing good going to watch Caden McCoy pitch tonight you know that's always a good thing uh but you know we're what week two into the season you know for you traveling across the state how's these first couple weeks been here you know going going into the regular season yeah they've been fun um it's been cold man the the Bedford game the Franklin the Bedford round robin that we sat at was that was pretty pretty freaking cold man um and that's pretty typical for high school baseball this time of year um you never really know what you're gonna get but no I, I mean it's been fun there's been a lot of really really good arms that I've seen uh throughout the first couple weeks which is crazy I feel like I've seen every single night I've seen somebody throwing 90 plus so that's always it's always fun to watch um a good pitching matchup so I've seen a lot of those lately I'm sure. Sorry. Right, so let's dig in for segment number one. Let's dig into the top teams that you've seen. Obviously, I know you've been traveling a lot, you know, across Southern Indiana here, but you know, just what are some of those top teams that you've seen so far this year? Yeah, definitely. I've seen a lot of Southern Indiana teams early in this year. We'll get up to Northern Indiana more as the weather warms up, up in that area. Um, we also have our guy, Gene Cleric up there, seeing a lot of the Northern guys. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about a few teams. Center Grove was one of them. Um, we have preseason ranked number three. They're off to a good start, two and zero. They beat a uh, ranked team out of Ohio, one to nothing, to start the season. And then I I caught them at a game against Columbus East, where they 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 frankly just murdered them. They beat them ten nothing. Um, Drew Colbertson hit a homer. Grant Saw had a big night. Garrison Briel, Evan Zapp. So those guys are man. That team's got so much talent. Um, you know, if they if they take care of the baseball and defense and pitch it, they're gonna they're gonna have a shot to be really good. Um, next one wanted to dig into was Mooresville. Uh, Mooresville, I caught them in a really really good game a couple nights ago against Martinsville, um, and I was gonna kind of dig into that a little bit later. Uh, but Mooresville's a good group. You know, it's, it's even like that game. I look at them against Martinsville. They're facing one of the best left-handed pitchers in the state, and Kevin Reed. Um, and they end up finding a way to chase him in the fifth inning. And as soon as they chase him, they go to work and they put up an eight spot before you know it. Like, it's just kind of Mooresville baseball MO. They're going to grind it bats away, get a good pitcher out of the game, and then take advantage when they can. They just, they just like I said before, man, that team plays the game the right way. Um, 
Next, I'm going to talk about a couple north side teams um, in Zionsville and Carmel. I saw them play against each other, man, but I think they're, I think there's, they're two teams that we're going to hear about all year um, when we're talking about the top teams in the state. There's just one, there's so much talent on both sides with Zionsville having the four Division One arms throughout the rotation. Um, but then you also look at Carmel, and Carmel's got guy, guys like J.D. Stein going to Louisville, Hunter Snow going to Baylor. Um, and then on the mound, they have Max Winders, Adam Butchkowski, and another group of group of uh, arms that aren't as aren't as high profile guys as Butch and Winders, but they're just guys that throw strikes, guys that spin breaking balls, throw breaking balls for strikes. Um, and in high school baseball, man, that's gonna get a lot of outs. So Zionsville's four and one. They they were four and zero oh in their uh, spring break trip, and their one loss was actually to Carmel. Um, and then Carmel, I believe, is two and zero at this point. They beat a beat a team out of Illinois. Um, so yeah, they're both off to off to good starts. The last one I wanted to talk about was Lake Central. They're the uh, the one you know the one northernmost team that I have seen so far. Um, and you know I caught them on a tough night. They got beat by Bloomington South. Um, but with that being said, I think that game's a little bit different if Griffin Tobias isn't on the pitch count. And and I understand why he's on a pitch count earlier this year. Like he's you got to protect that arm, um, but he went about fifty pitches and like three and a third innings the other night against Bloomington South. He was electric, the best I've ever seen at Griffin. Eighty eight, ninety one, touch ninety three. The breaking ball was great. Uh, threw a ton of strikes, but he, the, he was a guy we talked about in the in the preseason All State um, segment last week. You know, he was a big guy. Or a big breakout guy that um, that showed really well at the preseason all state, and I thought he could have a really really big year. Um, and you know his first first outing of the year is was absolutely electric. So it, it, that's just fun to see, and especially for those Lake Central or for Lake Central, like I said, the better Griffin is, the better that team's going to be. Um, and if he can turn make himself into the front line ace that he was the other night. Like that's gonna be in a one game. That team's dangerous. Um, so they're three and one right now. They slipped up when I saw them against Bloomington South. Bloomington South played really good baseball against them and and uh, took the win. But I think Lake Central is gonna be just fine. I think they're gonna be a, another team we're talking about a lot when we're talking about top teams in the state and especially top teams from Northern Indiana. All right, so there in that first episode, we kind of dug into just some of the or the early season matchups that you were kind of looking forward to. So let's kind of dig into how some of those games went. You know, you already brought up Carmel and Zionsville, so I'm sure we'll dig into that as well. But, you know, Fisher's Homestead also brought up Mooresville and Martinsville. How did those first couple games go here The for those, you know, top early season matchups that you were looking forward to? Yeah, so the first one I wanted to dig into is Fisher's Homestead. That was that was the first night of the season for me. Um, that was fun. That was – it was Alex Graber from Homestead going against Jack Brown and – Frankly, Fisher's whole staff did that night. They kind of staffed it. But I always love those games. I love being able to see a game where a top team like Fisher's throws their whole staff because I can kind of get an evaluation on multiple guys in one night. So it makes my job a bit easier. But it's also fun to watch whenever they're rolling out Jack Brown and Gavin Sneski and Kyle Manship. And then another they have another group of three or four arms that are college-level arms that are really good arms as well. So that game was fun. Um, Alex Graber threw really well for Homestead, uncommitted 24, that was really coming on strong. He was up to 88, 
can really, really spin a breaking ball. That's kind of his MO is his ability to spin a slider spin and spin a curveball. Um, so Fisher's ended up pulling that one off. I believe the score was four to two. Um, I might be, I might be off a bit on that, but, but Fisher's won by, won by a couple runs. Um, it was close throughout the game. Uh, Gavin Kuzneski was lights out in that game, struck out six, the six batters he faced, um, was just really good. Ton of command that day. Kyle Manship actually shut the door on him. Um, he came in, got the six out save and he was really good as well. So that's really good to see. Um, that was, that was a fun way to start the season. And then, uh, yeah, like, like you talked about the Carmel Zionsville matchup. That was, that was a fun one, man. Uh, Carmel ended up winning 10 to six, but it was just seeing the level of baseball or the speed of the game between the two, those two teams was a little bit different than, than what I've seen from any other team or any other like game, right? Because it's just too, so much talent between the two teams. Um, but with that being said that, that night Cam Haney kept Carmel in the game, got him a good start. Um, Brewington came in for Carmel kind of bridged the gap and Dylan Zener. Uh, got the close the game out throwing throwing low eighties from a real funky slot. I mean, I love that kid, Dylan Zener. That kid gets outs. Um, Zionsville went with their whole staff that night, so that was again kind of like the Fishers deal. Fun to see their whole staff throw. Um, and then frankly, man, Carmel just took advantage of some mistakes that Zionsville made early in the year that game, and that's why they ended up winning that game. I think they stole it. They stole like five to eight bases that night. I forget the actual number, but they stole a lot of bases that night, um, taking extra bases. And that's, to me, what was kind of the separator at the end of the game, plus the fact that Carmel really took care of the baseball and Zionsville didn't that night. Um, so it's like when two, when you're playing, when you're seeing two really good teams play against each other, it's ultimately it's going to come down to which team takes care of the baseball and which team limits free passes. And that was Carmel that night, and they ended up winning that ball game. So that was a fun one. Like I said, tons of talent. And then the last one I wanted to dig into was, like we talked about a bit ago, the Mooresville-Martinsville game. Um, talked about how what I think about Mooresville, but Martinsville started Kevin Reed. And uh, Kevin Reed's a senior left-handed pitcher going to the University of Evansville. And – he, that that dude was really really good that night. He was he went five and a third. I think he allowed just two hits, um, one run, thirteen Ks. Um, but it, it was just it was one of those deals where he was in complete control the entire night. Um, sat eighty eight ninety, touched ninety two, spun a really good slider, um, and showed an above average changeup as well. So three pitches for strikes. You don't see that a ton at the high school level, um, but he he really carved through that Morrisville lineup and carved through some really, really good hitters. Um, so that was, that was fun to watch, but it was also fun on the other side with Mooresville seeing Hudson Devon, the, the freshman phenom that we've talked about, throw up a, throw up a 92 miles an hour on the radar gun. He got the start. It was really, really good for two innings. And then you started to see the freshman side come out in the third. He's missed, Missed the zone a bit, had trouble finding the zone with the with the breaking ball, and then ultimately got in a position where he had to feed a good hitter uh, fastball down the middle, and the kid hit it. And so 
uh, he ended up giving up three runs in the third. But again, it's just watching him throw. It's it's different. You don't see many kids at that age that are that advanced. And I know he's he still has a shot to continue to get better with athletic bloodlines and his frame. Like I still think he's going to keep growing too. Like it, it, that watching him was really special. Um, like I said, I think he can be so good. But like um, like I talked about a bit earlier. When Mooresville ended up chasing Reed, that's when they took advantage, started putting up runs, and ended up pulling that game out. So it was fun to watch the pitching matchup between the between those two really, really good arms. But at the same time, it was fun to watch uh, Mooresville grind th- that that eight, or that lineup grind through some at bats and kind of get to the point where they could take advantage. Um, shows me a lot about them as a lineup. So from all those teams that you've went out and watched so far here in this early, the, at the beginning of this season, has there been any surprises in teams that you've been watching? Hmm. Oh, I don't know if there's been any surprises as far as – I wouldn't say there's been surprises as far as the teams I've watched because there's – the two that jumped to my mind were the first one was going to be Bloomington South. So Bloomington South beating Lake Central – it, that's a surprise, yes, that they beat Lake Central just because Lake Central is such a talented group. Um, we have them ranked so highly. But with that being said, I wasn't completely surprised from Bloomington South because that's that's kind of their MO. Bloomington South is kind of a program like Mooresville. Uh, they don't have nearly as many high-level prospects right now as Mooresville. But they're like Mooresville in the fact that they play the game right. They're well-coached. Um, they – they swing at strikes. They take balls. It's, it sounds very simple, but like in high school baseball, it's a huge, huge indicator of success. Um, they play defense. They don't strike out. They throw strikes. You know, all those things that sound so mundane, but at the high school level, it's it, it, they're things that need to be done to win. And Bloomington South did those things against Lake Central, and they pulled out the win. So, so the other surprise that for me, I, I didn't really, I didn't see this game, but and it's not a huge surprise just because. Uh, Fort Wayne Carroll is that talented, but Fort Wayne Carroll did go down to um, Floyd Central and beat the number two team in the state seven to nothing. Um, and again, like I said, it wasn't a huge surprise just because Carroll's a good team. We have ranked in the top 10 right now, but to see them go down early in the season, beat a top top three team in the state by a score of seven to nothing, kind of handle them. Um, that, that's, that's a bit surprising to me, but it kind of shows that Fort Wayne Carroll is going to be a player this year. So, uh, that's definitely a team I need to go up and go see soon. Okay. So as, as we talk about those different rankings, you know, we talked about it last week, we talk about the, how, well, whatever teams are ranked, you know, so far in episode number two, at, like at what point are you guys going in and, you know, maybe changing those rankings? Are there going to be any big changes here coming up? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, so we'll we'll update those periodically throughout the throughout the high school season. We won't update them just yet, just because not everybody's played yet. Um, just depending on everybody's spring break, so they'll be they'll be updating here soon. Um, but yeah, I, I can't give you any previews of that one because we haven't we haven't really talked through it yet. We're kind of letting everybody play, and then then we're gonna look at the rankings. So. It'll be fun to see how close we were with our preseason rankings and see what teams have kind of made some noise and jumped into that conversation. 
Okay. All right. So let's dig into segment number two here. Let's dig into top players that you've seen so far. Obviously, you know, I was there in Bedford when you went on and watched Max Clark. You know, everyone knows about Max Clark went on and you talked about Devon earlier, talk about Hogan. But, you know, who are some of those top players that you had the opportunity to see so far? Yeah. So like, we, yeah, those guys you talked about should definitely are definitely worthy of being mentioned. I mean, Max is on another level right now. Um, I believe he's seven for eight with uh, three doubles and a homer right now, and he's been he's gotten a hit in his last seven at bats. So, I mean, it, that's to be expected of Max at this point. Honestly, it's crazy to say, but it, it kind of is. Um, I know he he hit a homer the other night against Indian Creek that apparently went under the football field, um, which is a which is a shot at, at Franklin Community. Um, but aside from him, like you said, Hudson um, Hudson was electric. Um, Griffin Tobias was probably the most impressed I was with an arm so far walking away just because of we talked a bit about it but it was just the way he did it there was no it wasn't max effort trying to get to 93 like it was very smooth very athletic he threw a ton of strikes so that was that was the most impressed I was with anybody this year outside of Max Clark um Another guy I wanted to talk about that I was really impressed with this week was Nick Heitman. He's an uncommitted 24 from Mount Vernon, um, plays for the Indiana Bulls. He was a future gamer last year for us. Um, I'm surprised he's still uncommitted because that arm is so electric. He's 88-91. It's going to be 94-95 before you know it. Um, long, loose, whippy, everything you're looking for. Um, perspective pitcher, six foot three, 190 pounds wiry athletic um you know he, he was big he was really good at the preseason all state and and yes i seeing him this week he was he was really good as well um outside of that you know that group of that top three hitters from lake central is is gonna rival anybody in the state with santana griffin to, or with santana josh adam chesky and hunter snyder from columbia or going to columbia um, you know, like I said, I saw them in a tough game, but that, that top three might be the, I, I think them versus them or center Grove, um, for me is the best top three and top three hitters in the lineup that I've seen, um, with center Grove rolling out Coy Culbertson and Burrell. That's a pretty solid one, two, three as well. Um, Culbertson's another guy I want to talk about in this. He, he was really good in the game that I saw him play, hit a homer, um, was really solid defensively. Had a couple, had another barrel that he that he got a hit on. Um, so it's good to see him having success early in the year. So yeah, seen a ton of good players, and I'm sure I left a couple guys out. Um, you know, because we're out every night seeing guys. So I'm sure I'm sure I left a couple out, but off the top of my head, those were the guys that really impressed me in the last couple weeks. Okay. All right. So a couple of days ago, I saw you guys post, you know, week one player of the week and some of those honorable mentions as well. Player of the week was a guy that I've actually, I've maybe heard of, but not really seen much of him. Player of the week, Michael, is it Dirkman, Dirkman? However, I say that, you know, who, who was, take us through, you know, that scouting report of, you know, that week number one player of the week, Michael Dirkman, or, you know, you might correct me there on that name as well, but. Yeah, I believe I believe it's Dierkman, but with that being said, I am not completely sure on that. Um, you know, he he's a guy that I saw for the first time last year, and kind of in the same fashion that he did this time, I saw him beat uh, 
New Albany with Tucker Biven on the mound. And it was one of those games where, you know, I went to watch Tucker. I expected Tucker to dominate, but, you know, you couldn't stop watching the kid from Fort Wayne Carroll that just got out, man, just got out. It's like he was low 80s, nothing, nothing's going to absolutely blow you away from the velo standpoint, but he threw a ton of strikes. He threw a breaking ball for strike. Um, and so that was kind of my first, my first, look at him I should say I saw him again this summer um and and he was good then too he's a Manchester University commit so he's he's gonna be playing baseball at the next level um but yeah he had a monster first week he also he's also an outfielder I've always known him as a right-handed pitcher but in a monster monster week offensively hit 702 doubles stole seven bases and Really, the separator for us was he picked up the win on the mound against Floyd Central. He was the one that beat them, kept them scoreless for almost five innings, four and two-thirds innings, uh, picked up six strikeouts, and keeping the top three team in the state scoreless through four and two-thirds, plus hitting 700 on the week. Like That's a great start to the year. So, um, yeah, that was ultimately the guy that we ended up going with there. So, he had a great week. Okay, so you know, with him, you know, being in Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne Carroll, I believe, is one of those top ranked teams as well. Probably that top ranked team in Fort Wayne. You know, what is that outlook on the rest of his season? You know, going through playing the Snyders of the world, the Bishop Wingers, all that Fort Wayne area schools. You know, what's the outlook on the rest of his season? Yeah, I think uh, you know, I said in our last podcast, I thought Homestead could, might be the best team coming out of Fort Wayne, but I think after the, the opening week, and especially hearing that Fort Wayne Carroll beat um beat Floyd Central so handedly that's a game I want to see I want to see Homestead versus Floyd Central or versus um Fort Wayne Carroll and see who the uh see the best team in Fort Wayne is this year so because I think that's going to be a good one both teams are really talented so um I think we have Fort Wayne Carroll ranked a bit higher right now and they might be I think they're they after what they showed this week they might be the best of the of the two, but you know, we're not going to know until the balls roll out and the lights turn on, it's time to play. So, um, yeah, that'll be a game that I'm looking forward to watching later in the season, a Homestead versus Fort Wayne Carroll matchup. Okay. All right. So here, here's kind of the last segment before we dig into our interview with Mason, you know, let's dig into some of those honorable mention guys. First off with some of the committed guys off the honorable mention list. I know I saw Matt Santana, Jack Brown, Murphy, Aiden Reynolds, and there's probably a couple other. Easton Moore was another guy I saw. Uh, just kind of take us through some of the weeks that, you know, some of those other honorable mentions had that we haven't talked about so far. Yeah, so definitely we talked about Santana a bit. He was really good when I saw him. Um, he had a big week, hit was 7 for 13, hit 538 with a homer. Um, helped Lake Central. He's helped Lake Central to a 2-1 and one record in the first week of the season. Um, so Good start for Santana. Carter Murphy is another one. Hit 700 on the week or on the week with a 750 on base percentage, four doubles, six RBIs. Um, Carter's picking up right where he left off. He's he's back back and ready to mash. That dude always hits. So it's good to see him having a having a good start. Gavin Kuzneski was uh, another committed guy that I don't think you mentioned, but he had a great start to the season through seven innings pitched. Um, allowed just three hits and one earned run, struck out 16 guys over the course of 17 innings. Um, you know, he, he was electric in the relief appearance against Homestead. 
He picked up a win against PBR Kentucky's number two ranked team, and that's McCracken County on their spring break trip. So great start to the year for Gavin. Um, Jack had Jack Brown had a good start um, through six innings. Two earned, picked up a win down in Tennessee, um, and he was hit was seven for thirteen, hit five thirty eight um, on the week as well. So Jack's doing it both offensively and defensively. Uh, you mentioned Aiden Reynolds. I'm super impressed with the way he started his high school career, playing against some top-ranked teams down in Tennessee. And Aiden came in, stepped in, and done what he's always done, and that's hit. Um, you know, he went 10 for 16 on the week, hit 625 with three doubles and a triple, scored nine runs in the first five games of his high school career. So, And that's – it's crazy to say, but we almost expected that of Aiden. We expected him to step in and just start to – just hit at the high school level. He's hit as long as I've known him since he was in seventh grade. Um, so man, that kid's that kid's gonna be a special talent. And yeah, you talked a bit about Easton Moore. Easton Moore was big in Zionsville's um, four wins during their spring break trip. Uh, he's kind of the lead, offensive leader of that group, from what I've told, what I've been told. Um, so kind of one of those guys where if he goes, the team's gonna go. Um, but he was eight for seventeen, hit four seventy one in the week, three doubles hit a homer, drove in six runs. So, And, frankly, he's going to be a guy that Zionsville needs to, to step up into this kind of role um, for them to be – for them to reach their potential. And I think Easton has that ability at the plate. You know, he can really swing it. So, if, uh, if Easton can keep that up, I think that's really going to help Zionsville moving forward. So, yeah, those are the committed guys that were um, – that, that I wanted to highlight from our honorable mention group, um, I'm sure – couple more committed guys but but those were the the ones that really stood out to me all right so mixed in with some of those committed guys were a couple uncommitted guys as well I know Braden Kaufman he's actually from my hometown so I've went and watched him play a couple times Braden Tier, Colin Brown I believe those guys are uncommitted as well uh, but maybe some of the other guys mixed in there too you know what was the, what were the weeks like for some of those uncommitted guys here in the state yeah so the first uncommitted guy I want to touch on is he's one of the one of the seniors that's still left on the board that I think could really be a quality player at the next level. And that's Kale Corsi. Um, Kale's a senior from Crawfordsville high school, played for Indiana nitro gold. Um, Tim Burns, group that, that he had a really good group of 23s. Um, so like I said, Kale's still uncommitted, but I'm sure he's going to find a home soon. He had a massive first week of the season. He was, he was, up there in the talks when we were talking about who was going to be the ultimate player of the week, he was in that conversation. But Kale threw nine innings over the course of the week and gave up just three hits, no earned runs. Struck out 18 guys in nine innings, which is a pretty absurd number. And don't and, and to go with it, Kale also was 10 for 15, hit 667, three doubles, one triple, eight RBIs, had just a massive week. So but um uncommitted senior but he's got a he he should be able to find a home here soon had a big week um colin brown future gamer talked about him a bit um hit three home runs in the first week of the season for fishers um that's good to see with colin i know he's a really really strong kid so good to see his power starting to tick up um like i said he was a future gamer for us last august so Good to see him having success. Um, you know, like you talked about with Kaufman, 
Um, he was a guy that really kind of came under our radar this this offseason, Midwest Pack guy. So we saw him at their scout day, really liked him there, invited him to the preseason All-State. Um, but, you know, he, he showed off his power, and he's got a long, lanky frame, so I think he could continue to develop into some power. Hit 500 on the week, hit two home runs. So uh, early in the year, putting his name up there in the state home run leaders. Uh, and the last one I want to talk about was Mason Morvick. Mason Morvick's an infielder from Floyd Central, uh, a really solid, uncommitted junior infielder. Uh, he actually made this list because he threw a no-hitter on the mound. His future is, I think, on the um, – I think as an infielder. Um, but with that being said, you got to give credit where credit's due. Threw a no-hitter last week while he also hit 375 at the plate with a couple doubles, a couple stolen bases. Um, and I believe this wasn't last week, but this Monday Je- against Jeffersonville, I believe he went three for four. So he's continuing that hot start. He's a guy that, you know, he showed well at a couple events recently for us. So um, good to see him having in-game success. All right. So that's going to do it for our regular discussion here today. We're going to go ahead and take a short break. Here's a word for one of our partners from J.K.R. Baseball. And we'll be right back with our interview with 2025 Virginia Tech commit Mason Braun. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beach wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, On Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to our final segment here for Coop Scoop number two. We got special guest Mason Braun, 2025 Virginia Tech commit at New Prairie right now. Mason, pumped to have you here for our final segment of today's episode. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing good. Long night last night. Had a fun time with some friends and hitting in cages. Good time. Okay, awesome. So here's so the way that we're going to do this and the way that I'm planning on doing this when we get our special guests here on for Coop Scoop, we, me and Cooper are both going to have three questions for you. I'll start it off with my first question, go to Cooper, and then we'll just go back and forth from there. So my first question is going to be, you know, what are some of those expectations you have, you know, as the season gets rolling? I know you guys said you're undefeated to start the season, but, you know, as the season keeps going, what are those expectations? So right now, as a team, our expectation is to win sectionals and try and make it a run in regionals right now um we're playing good as a team but we just need to continue building on that and continue like growing because right now we've played 
some op tough opponents, but we haven't played our toughest. And this weekend's going to be a challenge. We got Lake Central Saturday, so that's going to be where you get like tested big time. And then uh, expectations for myself, I'm really not putting any expectations on myself this season except like playing as good as I can last year and build on it and try and be the best player I can be this year. All right, Mason, what's up? Um, so my first question for you, Mason, um, I know you're only a sophomore, so you really probably haven't faced a ton of guys within the state of Indiana. But with that being said, who's the best arm that you face in, in the state or from the state of Indiana? Um, the best arm I face is definitely Jay Cooker um, at the bat of Indiana. His ball runs, I swear, probably 10 feet, it feels like, away from lefties. And then you have a slider coming in on your hands. It's pretty hard to get up to. And definitely when it's coming at 95, tangling away from you, it's pretty hard to make contact. All right. So my my second question here for you, Mason. So you talk about building up on that good season you had last year. You know, you going into your sophomore year, having that year of experience, how have you maybe stepped up as a leader on that new Prairie team, just going through and already having that experience for one year? Um. So this year I've really took like – time reading pitchers and telling teams what the pitchers tendencies are and like what pitches they're throwing for strikes and try to help because we got a couple younger kids that haven't had much varsity experience at all so I'm trying to help them be able to eliminate pitches from pitchers so they can just focus on one pitch and have a pitch to drive instead of try hitting multiple pitches that's really good um yeah so my next question obviously seen you play the left-handed bats explosive um talk to me through talk me through who do you model your game after like is there any big leaguers that you really like to watch any guys that you really like to watch with like uh swing stuff or yeah, anything like that so the big guy I like really like watching is Kyle Schwarber. I feel like he plays like the game with energy and same with Bryce Harper I like their swing and how energetic their swing is and like compact and powerful it is so I like watching them and then I also like Rizzo because he's like a good defensive first baseman I like modeling my um, first base game after him he's like you don't see him making many errors he makes the routine plays but he also makes the plays that most people wouldn't expect him to make yeah for sure so you mentioned two Cubs there you you a Cubs fan being from South Bend yeah I'm a Cubs fan being from South Bend area yeah uh -huh. All right, so my final question here for you. So about a month ago, you had that opportunity to go down to Hoover, play in that perfect game. I don't know if it was the perfect game showdown or whatever exactly it was. What was that experience like going down to Hoover and just, you know, for that weekend, just what was that experience like? Well, that experience, was, it was fun because I got to meet new kids and play with them on a new team. So you got the experience of being able to make some new friends and play on an environment that you're not used to. So it's a little, like – you get used to it more often if you play for summer or once you step in college, you get that extra experience of not being used to guys. But then it also a cool experience seeing pro scouts walking around, standing behind games, radaring pitchers. It's just a fun experience to be around. And then the competition down there, we played a couple academy teams where every single kid that was pitching was throwing 90 and it was just a lot of good experience early. Okay. All right, so my last question for you. Um, you have any goals for your high school career? Kind of talk me through some of the things you want to accomplish over the next three years. 
Um, so for right now, biggest accomplishment, I want to break some school records, either home run record, RBI record hits, batting average, or all of them. I want to break some school records, set something in the record book. And then I want to be all state from here on out from sophomore, junior, senior season. I want to be all state and I want to work my hardest to try being get ready play of the year, senior year for the state. That's, gotcha. that's my biggest goal. Yeah, good goals to have. All right. Well, there there we go. That's the final that's the final question here for you, Mason, on the Coop Scoop final segment. Um, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Uh pumped. I know we're both pumped to have you. You know, we're excited to watch you. Know, obviously, this weekend as you as you go as you guys go to Kokomo, good luck the rest of this season as well. Thanks for coming on the show. And you guys, that's gonna wrap it up here for Coop Scoop number two. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys here in a couple weeks.